My name is Wellington Smith, and I'm happy to have my friend, former teammate, and professional basketball player join the podcast, John Flowers. John has had success following him everywhere he has gone, from a 2010 Final Four appearance at West Virginia University to a France Pro B League championship. On this day, I talked to John about the struggles of playing overseas basketball, the coaches that have impacted his life, and his dream of one day reaching his ultimate goal of playing in the NBA. John Flowers, how's it going, man? Thank you for uh, joining us today. I'm doing all right. How are you? I can't complain. Can't complain at all. Just grinding away. Uh, looking forward to talking to you. Just going to jump right into it. Um, I know you, but our listeners don't know you. Tell us more about yourself. Well, uh, I'm 25 years old, uh, from Waldorf, Maryland. Called the DMV, it's basically the DC area uh, where I was born and raised. I went to WVU with the uh, with Wellington with you. Uh, went to the Final Four. Uh, had a pretty good collegiate career. I'm now I'm playing. This is my Fourth year playing professional basketball overseas. Uh, I started out my first year playing in Japan, and then I've been in France ever since. So this is my third year in France. That's great. And how do you like it? I like playing professional basketball. It's, it's, it's good. It's always good to do what you love to do for a living, and I love to play basketball. So it's it's, it's pretty good. It opens up a lot of doors and opportunities. So. What kind of opportunities have you kind of taken advantage of since, since playing professional basketball? Basically networking, uh, meeting a lot of different people. Like uh, playing in Japan, I met a lot of business business people. Uh, they talked to me about how to, how to build wealth and how to just be smart with your money. And uh, I wasn't particularly smart with my money after I left uh, Japan my first year. But uh, ever since then, I've been trying to invest more and just using basketball as a stepping stone to, to be something greater. And, and I, I'm assuming that's some of the problems or issues, maybe not so much problems, but issues that uh, people like yourself uh, or athletes go through their, during their, after their first year um, is trying to figure out what to do with their money afterwards. So what are some of the things that you've, you have done with your money since then? Well, it took me a while to, you know what I'm saying, save up some money, but uh, you know, my first year, my contract wasn't that good. And each year, I've been fortunate enough and blessed enough to, to get a, a better contract and a, a better and a raise in money and a salary over the over the years. So it took me a while to kind of save up money. Uh, I remember my first year in Japan, I uh, I made a little bit of money, but I saved. Overall, I remember I came back home with the twenty the twenty thousand, like $25,000. And I spent it all. I spent every single dime. And uh, I, I was kind of mad at myself, you know what I mean? But uh, it was my first time really having some real money. And uh, it just, it's just what happened. But I've been a lot smarter with my money ever since then. I've been uh, investing and, and making more budgets for the for the summertime, for when I'm home and stuff like that. And and basically just being more smart with my money. Um, I invested in, in some stocks, some bonds, 
Um, I bought some real estate. I'm sh- I'm currently in the trying to get in the real estate game, and uh, I bought some uh, some places in Morgantown, West Virginia, and uh, I'm trying to just rent those out while I'm overseas, just to just to help build my wealth, you know. And that's huge uh, to come back and realizing that you know one of the things that you were doing wasn't probably the best way to to go about. Uh, spending your money, and now you're realizing, hey, there's a way that I could, you know, eventually be a millionaire just from renting properties, getting in stocks and bonds. Wow. Um, proud of you about that, man. That's, that's great. That's huge. And I'm, uh, I, I look forward to, uh, to you know, hopefully sailing on your yacht one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to it too. <laughs> uh, so how'd you get started playing basketball? Well, basically, I come from a basketball family, you know. Uh, my mother, she was an All-American at uh, Louisiana Tech. Uh, she was a beast, you know, what can I say? Uh, she, she was a beast. Uh, two-time, well, two or three-time All-American. She won some national championships. Uh, basically, the Brittany Griner before Brittany Griner was Brittany Griner, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Basically, that's where I come from, and she basically just put the ball in my hands. Me and my brother, uh, when I was three years old, I remember playing and we have video of me playing basketball when I was three years old on the, the Fisher Price court, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my brother. Uh and then just growing up, me and my brother have just always been very competitive with our one on one games in the backyard and stuff like that. So that's basically how it all started. Now, who were some of your basketball idols growing up? Was it was it your mom? No. I really didn't understand how good my mom was until probably like my junior, senior of high school. I really wasn't, I didn't see any videotape or anything. I was just all word of mouth. Like every time I went back to her hometown, people would just tell me how good she was. But I would say growing up, it was, it had to be, uh, I really looked up to Allen Iverson and, and uh, you know, of course, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, did you try to take anything, any skills or drills away from your mom or from, Alan Iverson or Michael Jordan from watching different tape? Oh, yeah, my mom showed me a lot of big man moves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she played she played Smith, so she would show me like the basic the fundamentals of the game. She had great footwork. She would show me footwork drills and layup drills and stuff like that. Uh just just simple stuff. And then growing up, uh Alan Iverson, he basically started the crossover, so of course I I tried to Copy the right to left crossover that mm-hmm. he basically didn't invent, but he he made famous. But uh, and then other than that, um, and one and one mixtape was very big growing up. So for some strange reason, I tried to <laughs> mimic those guys. You're not the only one. Come to <laughs> come to find out later that that's not real basketball. No, no, it's it's a uh, it's a it's fortunate. That we went through that time, but it's also unfortunate that we all tried to emulate what those guys were doing, um, because like yeah. you said, it wasn't real basketball. Um, did you play any other sports besides basketball? Um, when I was real young, I played football. It's quarterback. You were a quarterback. Was, yeah, I was pretty nice. QB <laughs> sneaks uh-huh. every time. That's that's the only play we ran was a naked bootleg. Okay. Okay. See, I don't even know what that is. So maybe you did play football. 
It's basically just give me the ball. The 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 center hikes the ball to me, mm-hmm. and everyone just gets out the way. Okay. That's what the play is. Okay. So a touchdown. And it was a touchdown every time. I say about ninety five percent of the time it was a touchdown. Okay. Unless it was a flag, you know, something stupid like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, who are some of the most impactful coaches uh, in your career? Sticks out to me is definitely my my JV uh, high school coach. He definitely just basically took me under his wing, and uh, he basically just took me under his wing, and he, he showed me how to have work ethic. If that makes sense, not not show me how, but he worked with me. You know what I mean? He took the time out to open up the gym and stuff like that, so I can do my work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically helped jumpstart the whole thing. Uh, and after that. Um, my varsity coach, after I, tra- I transferred, I went to a, uh, that was my JV coach I was just speaking of uh, at my public school. Mm-hmm. So um, I transferred after my my junior year. I transferred my junior year to a private school in the WCAC, which is one of the, the better conferences in, the, in America, high school basketball conferences in America. It was a basketball powerhouse, basically with a, a lot of great players coming out of there. So uh, my uh, head coach there, he basically had to talk me into going to that school and uh, transferring from public school. Because at the time, I, I really didn't want to transfer to a, a private school from public school because I, I wanted to be with my friends and and I wanted to play with those guys and I wanted to be, you know, a, a hood star, basically, is what I wanted to be, but I just didn't want to change, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. he gave me some really good advice. He he basically just told me, it's a coach, Danny Sancombe, he's a, a head basketball coach at Willie Jezebel now, and I'll never forget, he just sat me down, and he told me, he, he told me to make a list of, like, why, pros and cons, why would, do you want to stay at the public school, and why do you want to like the pros of staying at the public school and the pros at leaving and coming to private school. And uh, I remember I wrote down uh, the only reason why I wanted to stay at the the public school was just to be with my friends. And then coming to private school, it was just a, a better education, uh, it was better competition. I could develop my game better. Uh, it was just a lot of different things, you know what I mean? So. I basically he, he basically helped me to make that transition. I'll never forget him for that. And, and what are some of the biggest things he taught you um, besides the fact that private school has, has a leg up on public school? What are some of the things that have, have kind of stayed with you? He basically, like that right there, he basically told me that's life, basically. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to grow up. Like, as you grow up and get older, you're not going to be around the same people. Like, sometimes you you grow out of your some of your friends. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I, I can relate to some of your, my college teammates. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I understand, though. Like, Joe Mazzula, he just got married. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he basically said, I can't do the same things that I've been doing, you know, that we were doing in college and stuff like that. So I have to... I'm a family man now. It's, it's, it's more than life than just going out partying and being silly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically, I understand that. That's basically 
with Coach Show is more to life than playing basketball with your friends mm-hmm. and being around your friends. And it's and I got you know if I would have stayed at the public school, who knows what happened? Because uh, it, it wasn't they weren't really recruiting. The conference wasn't that good, and recruiting wasn't that good coming out of that conference. So when I transferred, I, I was getting more recognition. Mm-hmm. and more exposure, you know what I mean? So Yeah. So it sounds like the school kind of made, kind of really helped you out with re- your recruiting. Um, but what do you say to, to players that do stay at public school, that coaches will find them? Or do you say, you know, transfer out to, to a, a private school and maybe your recruiting will pick up? I mean, what do you think about the high school transfers that are doing that now? If if it's me and I'm giving advice, I would say I would say transfer for sure to mm-hmm. to private school just because it's it's a better education and, and they get you more prepared for college, you know what I mean, and and they get you prepared for the real world, you know what I mean. So that's basically what happened when I, when I transferred, but that's not always the case. I know uh, it basically depends on where you live and the situation, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. If, if you're if you're really that good, then I, I I suppose that the the scouts will find you. But I've always been the type of player that always wanted to play against the best competition, so I could be recognized as the like you know what I'm saying one of the best in the area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I stayed at the the public school, I wouldn't have the opportunity to play against the top talent in the, in the area. And that so. totally makes sense. Um, yeah. Next question, I want to just break down a little bit and, and ask you, why basketball? Why do you think this was a ch- the sport chose you, or did you choose the sport? I think, uh, I don't know. I like I to get very deep I, in these conversations, John, so if you <laughs> just bear with me. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, like I said, I was basically born to a basketball family. I, I always liked to play basketball. I was always tall, taller than my, my other classmates and stuff like that, so, so I... Uh, you know, it came naturally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what tips can you take away uh, from high school, from playing high school um, to getting recruited? What tips can you take away and, and kind of give to these young athletes that are going through the same process that you went through? Basically, just work hard. One thing I've learned is that uh, being coachable will just take you a long way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still hear that even playing as a pro, coaches love guys that are just coachable. Even though you might not agree all the time on what a coach is saying or his method of playing, you have to at least, you know what I mean, act like, well, now, you know what I'm saying, as you get older, you, you have to at least act like and respect what the coach is saying, because, you know what I'm saying, he's the coach. And, and that that there alone could take you a long way, because when these coaches, they talk to each other. I've learned that as well. I have a couple of friends that are coaches in, in college now and overseas. They all talk to each other. Like, uh, I remember my, my the coach that signed me my first year in France talked to the coach that was in Japan. And she told him that I was coachable, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's one thing, that's the reason why he chose me, you know, because it's, it's easy to work with. Coaches don't like players that are not easy to work with and like to argue and think that they know everything. So always be open-minded and 
be willing to learn new things. Mm-hmm. Now you said that your uh, I heard your your coach was a was a she. How how'd that work? Oh, uh, it, it was cool. You know, it was, a, was it an experience? It was, a, it was an experience. You know, uh, my my mom's coach me. So I mean, I respect women's opinion on basketball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not just that, but it, it's difficult. It's difficult at times, but uh, th- that was definitely a first for me. Yeah. She's a, she's a, she's an okay coach. You know, she it was the first time she basically she got uh, promoted to the she was the assistant coach and then the head coach got fired, so she got promoted to be the the head coach. Mm-hmm. So you know, you just had to work with it. It was a it was a learning experience for for her and us. You know what I mean? So we just uh, it was it was it was interesting. <laughs> no, and, and the reason I ask is because um, women coaching men is has always been a topic, uh, and it's a yeah. big topic now with the Spurs, uh, with Becky Hammond joining their their coaching squad. Um, you know, so you know, I just wanted to know what what that was like, and I, I'm glad you could articulate that for us. Thank you. Um, so, you know, going away and, and uh, going to Japan, what was the craziest thing you have done, or one of the craziest things you've you've eaten while you were there. I know I was there uh, when my, during my professional career, and the craziest thing I ate was a chicken liver. <laughs> what, what were some of the things you ate while you were out there? In Japan? Yeah, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not really into trying different things. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you lose any yeah, weight while you were in Japan? Did I lose weight? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every year I come overseas, I, I lose weight. Even in France, I, I lose weight. Uh, come home, hit the weights hard, get to like two twenty, two twenty five, and come overseas. And within like the first month or two, lose all that. Like, like I'm probably like two ten right now. Wow. Now is that the toughest thing about playing overseas? Is you know losing weight. And maybe not being to, you know, the weight that you want to be. Um, what's, some of the, what's one of the tougher uh, things about playing overseas? Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Just the, the food variety. You know, I feel like I'm, I eat the same things every day. So I'm basically trying to learn how to cook right now, and <laughs> that's it's it's a learning experience. But uh, yeah, that that and the language barrier is are two of the toughest things. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a, a a French coach, and do they talk in French while on the bench? Yeah, he's French, but he speaks. Uh, I was blessed enough to have a, a coach that speaks French and English. That's great. That's yeah, great. some 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 teams though the coaches don't speak any English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know how that. Works, yeah. Now, how many Americans can you have on your team? Um, this year is uh, five. Five, okay. And you guys can all play at the same time, or is it there's rules to that? Yeah, we can all play at the same time, yeah. Was that different in Japan? Yeah, in Japan, uh, you played in Japan. Uh, I think it was, uh, we was allowed five Americans, but only three could be on the court at the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, the second quarter, only two could be on the court at the time. Yeah. Something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what you're saying. Uh, it was three, the first and third quarter, and then it's like two, or maybe 
maybe swip swap, but maybe is uh, you know two first and third, and maybe three or four, uh, second and fourth. Um, but I'm glad that you're not in that situation anymore. Uh, now, I want to take a step back and actually ask you why you went to West Virginia. I'm sure you were getting recruited by you know so many different people and during the transition between Coach Beeline and Coach Huggins. You were still lo- loyal to West Virginia. Why is that? This is, I just really enjoyed my visit, and uh, I already committed, so why not, <laughs> basically, yeah. yeah, to sum it up, you know what I mean? And I talked to some of you guys, all you guys are staying, so why not? Yeah, yeah, well, we, well, we always, we met uh, during the team camp during the summer, and I think that's what yeah. kind of built our, bo- our bond uh, for the following year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Elon was good with us setting those things up, and yeah, he was good about uh, being a, a, a family-oriented team. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I preached about. Now, do you wish you could have been coached by Coach Beeline a little bit? Then he then he left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, him and Huggins are two different. Totally different <laughs> style coaches, uh, but uh, from the stories I hugs was a yeller. But from the stories I heard, uh, Beeline and he yells sometimes too. You know what I mean? But uh, Hug is a more defensive coach, and Beeline is more of a uh, offensive shooting. You know what I mean? Coach yep. like that. Mm-hmm. In my understanding. So who knows what would have happened if I would have played for B-Line, you know what I mean? Or maybe my, my jumper would be something like Steph Curry right now. <laughs> oh, man. So what are, what are some of the things that you learned from Coach Huggins? Huggins uh, taught a lot of life lessons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From all of that stuff you were saying, when you look back at it, he taught a lot of life lessons mm-hmm. outside basketball, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, like for instance, one of those were, were uh, you got to be bigger than your problems. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand it until probably last year when he told me that <laughs> you got to be bigger than. He didn't tell me that. He said it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically, what that means is Deshaun could be late or miss a class. Deshaun Butler could be late or miss a class. But you, <laughs> you better be on time in, in the first row every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's life. Some, some people can, can, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really not expect it. Well, some people can do that. Some people will be, yeah. be that person. Uh, yeah. And some people can't. And those are things you just have to go through. Exactly. That's, that's life. Yeah. And then... On the court, he basically told me about the. He taught me about defense. Is the, the the best thing I took from him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just how to play defense the right way. You know what I mean? Just uh, don't go middle. I still use that to this day. It makes things a lot easier. Just don't drive middle because if it, your man drives middle, it's harder for your team to to help mm-hmm. outside. Um, things like uh, the, just the defensive rotations, and it's a lot of things I took from him that I still use it as a game 
such as fly, flying around. You know, he used to say fly around, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, get to the ball. Yeah, get to the ball, fly around, and that's basically what all the great defensive players do, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it sounds like from the recruiting process you had, process that you had, you just really like the visit in the school. Um, what are some tips that you could give to other athletes that may be going through the same, that are going through the same recruiting process that you went through? You know, what should they look at? You know, looking back on it now, how would you have chosen a school? Would you have chosen West Virginia again? <laughs> looking back at it, I mean, would I do it again? I would, me personally, I would want to do something different. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. because I, I like to see what what else would happen, but. I wouldn't trade in my college experience for, for anything. You know what I mean? I, I love West Virginia mm -hmm. to death. You know what I mean? I, I'm a mountaineer for life. You know what I mean? But looking back at it, I mean, it was great. Yeah. Uh, but it, would I, if I, like, if I already experienced this, I would want to experience something else mm -hmm. just to see, you know what I'm saying, the different avenues. But yeah, no, that I makes love sense. That makes sense. What, what are some of the tips that you could probably give to young athletes that are going through the same process that you went through? You just have to notice. Uh, when you go on your visit, you have to look for the little signs such as uh, what the, the coach is telling you, if they're making promises to you and stuff like that. You, like when I was recruited, Hugs just kept it, he kept it real. He kept it G real. You know what I mean? He was just like... Yeah, I can't promise you anything, but if you work for it, you can get it. And that's basically what happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I had to work for for everything. Every minute that I played, I had to work for it, and, and nothing was given to me. Um, I was recruited over. I could have transferred, but, you know, for what? You know what I mean? I, I love I love the school. I love the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you get recruited, I would say just look at the atmosphere and the people in the town and how they treat you and, and if you, if you would be comfortable there for the next four years of your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you mentioned you could you could have possibly transferred. With I glanced at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure. I mean, shoot, I, man, I'm sure we all glanced at it after three hour practices. Yeah, I mean, we that wasn't the reason, though. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. our reasoning for for even thinking about transferring was just. Uh, playing time, uh, and just getting in that exposure, more exposure, you know what I'm saying, because I wasn't really playing that much. Mm -hmm. But I loved being a, a role player. My father, I think he wanted me to transfer the most, you know what I mean, because he knew I could play and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, he didn't say that we couldn't shoot the ball, or did he? I don't think he said, nah, he never said that we couldn't shoot, but in your mind you knew that if you shot a shot, and missed it, and it was a bad shot, then you were coming out. So, yeah. I mean, I wanted more free, free. you know what I'm saying, to be more free and loose on the court, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I, at the end of the day, I enjoyed being a role player and loved doing what I was doing. Yeah. And I just basically just, just waited my time, waited my turn to become a starter and, and just play those minutes. And you had an amazing senior year um, and exactly. it, it led you to you know a NCAA appearance 
It led you to a professional year in Japan, and also led you to three, three other years after that in playing in France. Um, so it's obvious that you learned a lot <laughs> during the course of your time playing. All right, and, and that's the things that I, my senior year, those are the things that I, I dwelled in, you know what I'm saying, which was defense, you know what I'm saying? I got, I think I got robbed of defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. They gave it to uh, Jackson from Syracuse. He got defensive player of the year, and they, they stood in the zone the whole game, every game. So yeah. I don't know how that, but I basically was guarding centers and, Centers, point guards, small forwards, you know what I'm saying? Any anything. You know, a hard style offense. Yep. I mean defense, so I was basically guarding everybody all over the court. And uh, I think I got robbed of that defense for the year. But that's what I, I dwelled in, you know what I'm saying? But you can't help but think, what if I would have went to a place like Syracuse where they just practice offense every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where uh, where would I be at offensively? Mm-hmm. Uh, would I have a a shot of playing the NBA if I would have went to Syracuse and, and shot the ball more, average 15 points a game? Yeah. My thing. So, no, that's a can't help but man. no, no. You're you're totally right. You're totally right. Um, you can't help but think about that. And I it's something I dwell on a lot now uh, is thinking about what if I just stayed in one more in a few more months in Japan? What could have happened? Uh, so yeah. it's definitely not wrong to dwell on it or to think about it at least. Um, yeah. but I, like I said, I wouldn't trade in my college experience for anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything, everything happens for a reason. I mean, I'm glad I went through everything that I went through with hugs and his his tough his tough lessons and you know what I'm saying stuff like that. Like from flipping the tire to running the treadmill is everything really it worked out, you know what I mean? And I learned a lot on and off the court from going to West Virginia. So the coaches that are listening to this, um, how could you describe some of the the things we were supposed to do once we got in trouble? You mentioned the tire. You mentioned the treadmill. Um, can you explain those two? I try to put it in words, but I can't sometimes. Try to explain oh. the tire and the treadmill. It's not it's not rocket science. But uh <laughs> uh basically, you know, if you miss class or you get in trouble or something like that. Uh if you get in trouble outside of the court, basically you had to flip a, a tire. I remember the first tire we had was like I really wanna say like five hundred pounds. Something crazy. It was heavy. Yeah. We had to flip that X amount of yards on the football field. Well, before they had the football field, it was on the in the, in the parking lot mm-hmm. up a up a hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember so that. So you had to do that whenever you got in trouble off the court, such as getting late for class and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the court, uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, on the court, it's uh. You know, if you, you miss rotations or you let your man drive middle on defense, you don't box out, you – what else? Uh, you know, any of those mental mistakes mm-hmm. that you make. Uh, you got to run on the treadmill uh, going 15 miles per hour 
for like 45 seconds, 30 seconds, or however long it was. Uh, you got to run on there, no no hands, just full speed. It's, it's already going. You just got to hop on and go. Yeah. So if after you've been on that for so many amount of times, you, you really become really disciplined, and you just do everything, all of the fundamentals and and you know, from boxing out to not letting your man drop middle, to not reaching on defense, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I, I was thinking about it the other day because I, I still do <laughs> those things, you know what I mean? Because I was he, he taught a lot of discipline, you know what I mean? That that brings a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you you have to be here or something's going to happen, and you know what I mean. You do that, so yeah. I, I still do that stuff. So you are still everyone, everyone. You're still getting opposite inside. Uh, nah. <laughs> but nah, I don't, I don't do that no more. But I, I always box out mm-hmm. on defense. You know what I mean? But I was thinking because most players they don't they don't box out. You know what I mean? And sometimes the players that don't box out, they get more rebounds than I get, and I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to, <laughs> what I think I'm supposed to be doing, you know what I mean? My like my mentality is if my man doesn't get the ball, then it's it's okay, you know what I mean? As long as my man doesn't get it. Yeah. So some people, they just, go, they just go get the rebound, you know what I mean? And they end up with 10, 12 rebounds a game. And I don't look, when the shot goes up, I don't look to go get the ball. I look at for my man to go box out. So I was thinking, like, maybe I should start just going to get the rebound. And that's one of the things mm-hmm. that I used to do all the time. Uh, and a, a good story about behind it is I'll be at the free throw line. And I'm, the, I'm the first one under the basket. Then it's the opposing team. Then it's Devin Ebanks. I box out my man. You box out your guy on the other side. And then Devin has a nice, easy rebound to, to grab. Exactly. So then at the end of the game, exactly. he has nine, 12 rebounds. And you're saying, those are re- four of those I could have got if you just would have let me get them. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Like, so no, I know exactly. Dev, Dev is one of those players, he never really boxed out either. Mm-hmm. He just used to go get, get the rebound. But yeah. I guess... Uh, Gotta be bigger than your problems. Gotta <laughs> be bigger than your problems. Um, did we go over who was the toughest player you ever played against? There's a lot. Of, I played against a, a bunch of good players. You know, I'm gonna say the toughest players. <clears throat> See, this this gets construed as well because some players they look good in college because they get this. They have a green light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not saying that they aren't good, you know what I'm saying, but they're, they're, they're tougher to guard because they have a, a green light and they can shoot when they want and as many shots as they want. So at the end of the day, you could you could have played good defense on them, but they shot so many shots that they still ended up with 20 points. Yeah. So uh, I would say in a game, probably uh, – Seth, Seth Curry. I always say that he was he was the uh, he was the guy too. 
Yeah, because like, but like I was saying, like the the game that we played him, he didn't really start scoring until the <laughs> the end of the second quarter, the second half. I mean, yeah, like five minutes left in the second half, he just went off. Yes, he did. Because he could, he could do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say the toughest player that I ever had to guard, period, was Joel Alexander. Yeah. But thank God I didn't have to play against him in a, in a real game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was just, uh, an Yeah, he was animal. He was definitely wild. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, but like he he gained like what fifty was it fifty pounds? Something like that. I don't know. What, I don't know what you you two were taking, but <laughs> you definitely should let me in on the secret because you gained like thirty. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you guys are doing. Well, my bones couldn't take it. Yeah, it was. Did you like playing at a different way? Because on the beeline, he was like, what, 215, 225? Yeah, if beeline was still coaching, I would, I would probably be at at 220 right now instead of 230. Yeah. You know, so. And then when Hugs came, he was, what, like two? Well, the highest I, one I got like, was 250. Yeah. So did you feel a difference? I did. Did you like playing at 250? I, I did not, no. It was. Uh, but as, you know, as you know, it's one of the thing, one of the things that we had to do. You know, I had to do it because, yeah. like you said, people were, were being over, you know I was getting over recruited, uh, or or people recruited over me uh, to play my position, to uh, do the things that at my size I was supposed to do, but you know I couldn't do because I'm only six seven. Or the position I played, I was supposed to do, but I was only, I'm only six seven, and at the time two fifty two forty five. Um, yeah. you know, so it was just, I didn't like it, but I had to do it. And it kind of takes away from Yeah, that was just mm-hmm. this hug style of play, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, I kind of I kind of like being bigger, you know what I mean? I wasn't 250 or nothing like that. Like, I don't think I got over like 220 in college. Mm-hmm. That was a perfect weight for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good because you can guard centers to – and still be you could be big enough to guard centers, but still quick enough to guard point guard. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, as a player, uh, what's some of the things that you that you do to get better? Right now, this year, I really started, or during the season. Well, during the off season, you know, you got your workouts and stuff. I come home and I hit the weights. Uh, Real hard, you know, three times a week. Uh, I always get in the gym to work out with the, the basketball managers at WVU. Um, and I play an open gym just to stay in shape but not lose too much weight. So when I go back overseas, I I'm, I show up the first day and I, I look big and and I'm conditioned and ready to go. Um, during the season... I stay after almost every practice and get up shots. Uh, one thing that I, I pride myself on doing now, I, really, I just started doing it this year, but I make five three-pointers in a row from five spots and ten free throws in a row before I could leave the gym. And, you know, I, I started off making two in a row from each spot, then three in a row, four in a row, and five in a row, and, and – now making five in a row from each spot is, is pretty easy now. You know what I mean? It takes probably about the longest. It'll probably take 
eight to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I really do that just to help get my confidence and and uh, just to get the the muscle memory going. Now, has those um, workouts translated to what you've been able to do in games? Um, the workouts over the summer. What were the workouts over the well, summer and the workouts that you're doing uh, after practice? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, it definitely after practice, uh, making five shots in a row. You know, what I mean, it definitely helps when you get the ball. It helps being more consistent. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I I was thinking uh, sometimes we work out and we just shoot a lot of shots with, with no goal in mind. You know what I mean? So it's better to have a goal of being consistent and making you can't move to the next spot without making five in a row, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day you could be you can shoot twenty five shots or you can shoot as many shots as it takes, you know what I mean? So it it definitely helps just to be more consistent. Uh I was working out with Joe Mazzula this summer and he really showed me a, a lot of different moves and stuff like that. Uh he showed me uh he taught me, you know, uh just changing uh changing of speeds mm-hmm. going from from slow to quick and that really right there just it helped me a lot like cuz I, I put stuff together like I, w- I went to uh, to Vegas this summer to see Devin uh, Ebanks and KJ play in the summer league in the NBA summer league and I remember I was in Devin's hotel room and he told me um he told me basically like you you play <laughs> you play too too quick or too aggressive or something like that you know what I mean out of control. So then Joe, so I, I was like, what you crazy? Like how do you play too aggressive? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I told I told Devin that, and then I started working out with Joe, and he's basically saying go from slow to quick. You know what I mean? Being under control, like you start off doing the move slow. Then you, you explode, you know what I mean? Uh, like going from a, a spin move, you slow down on the spin move, then when you get around, you, you speed up, yep. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so, that's something great. That's, uh, that's a great takeaway from this summer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, like I learn something new every every year, you know what I mean? So I, I never really took the time to notice that, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I definitely... Uh, Joe knows a lot about basketball, man. So I, I definitely learn something new every year. You know what I mean? There's nothing that you you can't you know you can't know enough about the, the sport. There's always something new you can learn. Yep. I think personally. No, no, and definitely, and just like any profession, there's always, like you said, something new to learn, a move to learn, uh, you know, how to get away with things. Um, no, you're you're exactly right. Um, what would you say are the challenges of playing at your level or playing overseas in general? The challenges? Yep. The, the biggest challenge is just, for me, you know what I'm saying, this year, is just uh, being away from home, being away from everybody, all your friends and stuff. And that's basically the biggest grind, you know what I mean, just, just getting homesick, you know what I mean? Uh, as far as the, the sport, you know, it's – it's not that much different than NCAA basketball. I mean, you have competition is a is 
I mean, it's a little better as far as because everyone is professional, you know what I mean? But I, I really can't distinguish the difference between NCAA basketball and and playing pro. Like uh, Deshaun's team played, uh, he plays in France now, the top league, mm-hmm. and they play Kentucky, and Kentucky killed them this summer uh, <laughs> yeah, in, a, in a tournament. So... You really can't distinguish the difference in, in in talent, you know what I mean? But that's that's one of the grinds. And the, the language barrier is is always tough. Mm-hmm. And then just the your diet changes drastically. So. Yeah, and so, um, you know one of the things I remember my mom telling me whenever I was uh, when I was little, and I was gung-ho on going to or staying home from camp or you know staying home from an AAU tournament because I wanted to hang out with my friends. She used to say, they have their path and you have yours. And it's great that you are living living and going through what your path is. Um, and I took, can totally understand that you're thinking about uh, other people and what they're doing, but uh, it's huge that you're living, living your dream and living to do what you want to do. Um, what are I'm sure that you've thought about this. What happens after basketball? Well, hopefully I'll I'll make enough money to uh, you know what I'm saying. Not have to work anymore. But um, I mean that's the goal mm-hmm. to not have to work a nine to five. But then again, that's why um, like I said I'm being smarter with my money. I'm investing. I'm, I'm doing things to help build wealth, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm learning different things to help me do that. Uh, I've been reading a lot more on on it, uh, reading about, reading uh, Forbes magazine, uh, you know, stuff like that, Wall Street, the journal or whatever, and, and just learning different, what the world's going through and different, you know what I'm saying, uh, things. I can't really explain it, but just... Just reading, doing reading on on current events and stuff will help you stay in tune with things on how to build wealth. Yep, so that's what I've been trying to do. Well, that's huge, man, and this has been incredibly helpful. Uh, last question before I let you go: um, If you could tell a high school coach how they could possibly get better, or how they can get through to a kid that uh, isn't coachable. What are three things that you would let him know and tell him? Well, I would say, uh, I would think, uh, for me, if I was a coach, I would be more of a a player's coach. You know what I mean? Just being uh, more understanding towards what players go through and what they do. Uh, high school is totally different because, you know, you, you're growing up, you're becoming a, a a young man, you know what I mean? You you go through a lot of things on and off the court, so you have to be – I remember I used to talk to my coach about everything from, from girls to, to to family matters at home. Uh, I remember uh, at my private school, some kids uh, wrote some r- racial letters. He, I talked to him about that. You know, just just being understanding, and that's basically anything in life. You have to just be a person of understanding. You know what I mean? Don't always look down on on other people and 
it's because you don't understand what they're going through. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, sometimes a kid might not be coachable, but there's a reason why he's not coachable. So I would just try to understand why he's acting this way and, you know, try to, I don't know, be more combative towards that. I think that's a good advice, uh, some great advice. And, and hopefully somebody listening to this will uh, understand exactly where you're coming from. Um, yeah. Now, where can people find you? And how can people follow your progress? Well, I used to have a blog, but I haven't, I don't really use it anymore. But uh, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I have a, my agency runs my uh, Facebook fan page. Um, it's uh, John Flowers on Facebook. Uh, and they basically just post all my stats and stuff like that. So. Okay. That's, that's, that's where to follow me. Perfect, man. Well, this is great. Uh, I, I really, yep. I really appreciate the time that you spent. Uh, again, it's been about an hour that you spent talking to me and learning a lot more about your situation and, uh, and where you want to go after after basketball is over. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening to the Game Changer Basketball Podcast. If you're a basketball coach and want to use the Game Changer Basketball app for instant stats, shot charts, and recap stories, please feel free to download the app on your iOS device and create your team, or you can create your team online, gc.com create. Follow us on Twitter at GC Sports Hoops, and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gamechangerbasketball. If you like the show, Please be sure to give us a positive review that makes the episode easy to find for coaches like yourself. Like always, keep teaching, celebrating, and learning from your players and coaches around you.